You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. He was a bad senator, a bad vice president, and the worst president ever. I mean, he's bad at his job, and he's also, sorry, a, a bad guy. With the lying, with the apparent corruption, with the nastiness, and oh, by the way, he's not nearly smart enough to have to be president, to have had any of those jobs. But what happened last night, this really shocked me. It really, really did what he said. All right. We'll get to that in just a moment because he was he was responding to this woman, Rebecca Kiesling, uh, a great woman from Michigan who lost her two sons to a fentanyl overdose. She went to a congressional committee to share her story and to ask the government to do more than they're doing. Uh, her testimony was very, very powerful. It was heartbreaking. She spoke and people listened, and she, what she said was important. I, I lost my two sons. Um, Caleb was age 20 and Kyler was age 18 on July 29th of 2020. It's unbelievable. You would think that one death from fentanyl coming across our southern border would be enough to sound the alarm. 100,000 die every year, and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. This should not be politicized. It's not about race. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. You say, you talk about welcoming those crossing our border, seeking protection. You're welcoming drug dealers across our border. You're giving them protection. You're not protecting our children. This is a war. Act like it. Do something. You probably saw that on the news. It was riveting. It was powerful, heartbreaking, as you said. Um, and you're allowed to do this. A citizen can go to government and say, you need to do more. It's not political. We're allowed. We're supposed to do things like this. And Rebecca Kiesling, we thank you. And then Joe Biden showed up. Joe Biden had something to say last night about all this. Rebecca Kiesling did not point her finger at any one president or any one political party. She's upset about the overall situation at the border. Yeah, that's where it's coming from. And Joe, like a classic career politician, but one who is about to make a really bad mistake, deflects responsibility to Trump. He wasn't even accused. Listen to what happened. Well, the interesting thing is, 
that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> that fentanyl they took, her two boys, came during the last administration. <laughs> Not my fault. Trump's fault? One more time, look at the demeanor, the little chuckle at the end. He's talking about Rebecca Kiesling and her children, and it's not his problem. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this man is no longer eligible, not that he ever was, to be president of the United States. Rebecca Kiesling, when she got wind of this, called it despicable on Facebook. She said to the president, how dare you? What is the matter with you? Almost every Democrat on the committee offered condolences. They at least had the decency to do that. You can't even do that. You have to mock my pain. Rebecca Kiesling will be joining us in just a few minutes. It is astounding. This highlights the lies that this culture tells us all the time, and not only now, but throughout history. And the big one, that Joe Biden is somehow a nice guy, that he has empathy, that he can feel your pain. Somehow he's better at that than Bill Clinton, than you or me, than some ordinary person. He's actually better at understanding human suffering. There's no question. Joe Biden exudes empathy. That's that famous Joe Biden empathy. We also saw Biden's empathy, which is one of his defining things. It was classic Joe Biden empathy, uh, and he can do it because it's genuine in a way that, that no one else can. No one else can. No one else can be as empathetic as, as Joe Biden. No one else can feel your pain like Joe Biden. He's a superhero. It's a superpower. It is a lie. It has always been a lie about Joe. I saw through it, but it took hold and it helped get him elected. We are told so many lies, aren't we? Our culture repeats them, reinforces them. And then we find out it's not true. Then we find out, oh, yeah, they were lying to us. Happens all the time throughout history. Horrible mistakes made or lies told consistently. We were winning in Vietnam. Yeah, the Pentagon Papers, right? We were winning, 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 right up until we lost. That's what the message was from the government. Hey, Bill Clinton said that everybody owning a home would be a great thing. A couple of years later, the subprime mortgage crisis almost put us into a depression. Hey, whose idea was it to give China most favored nation trade status, right? That was almost a fatal blow to manufacturing here in America. They couldn't or they wouldn't stop 9-11. How could they have missed? We have a central intelligence agency. We have a national intelligence community. And they blew that. The whole world was blinking red. What happened there? WMD in Iraq. Another one they told us. Not right. Wrong. It didn't happen. They lied to us. That's what they do. Trump colluded with Russia. Remember that one for two years? How could we forget? January 6th was an insurrection. The worst thing that happened since September 11, 2001. Lies. Lies all the time. Repeated by the media. The 2020 election was the most free and fair election ever. I wonder when we'll find out the full truth about that election. And back to Joe Biden. Mr. Empathy. Hmm? No, he's not. Can you believe what he did? Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took 
came during the last administration. <laughs> there was shock in the room, actually. There really was. You could feel, you're not supposed to say things like that. Caleb, 20, and Kyler, 18, died in July 2020. Yes, yes, President Trump was, he was in office. But she did not go there to blame you, Joe Biden, or to blame anybody. She was asking her government to do more. You know, especially when people die, Joe is supposed to be really good at the consolation. President Biden taking on the role as consoler in chief tonight. President Joe Biden consoled the nation. We're so grateful that President Biden came down to uh, act in his role as consoler in chief. President Biden last night was being an empathizer in chief, a consoler in chief, and a commander in chief. It's striking how many moments already in his presidency um, President Biden has had to be so the consoler in chief. Mm -hmm. It's all an act. It's all an act. They fall for it. I don't. You know, one of the things is Joe Biden, he lost a, a wife and a daughter uh, 50 years ago or so, and that's horrible. But he thinks like nobody's tragedy, nobody's suffering can come close to his. And then more recently, he's built a career out of grieving for Bo. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, here's proof, oh, by the way, of his phoniness. Do you remember it was 2021 after our botch withdrawal? from Afghanistan and all of those Marines and sailors and a soldier were killed unnecessarily because everything was so screwed up by the Biden administration and those caskets came off the jet and Joe Biden checked his watch. He couldn't wait to get out of there. Okay, come on, let's wrap this up. Shanna and Kareem Nakui. Kareem Nakui was one of the Marines lost in or was killed in Afghanistan. Shanna is his mother was his mother. She came on Newsmax to tell us about her experience. She was there at Dover Air Force Base when Joe checked his watch and those coffins came off the plane. She wasn't happy and she wasn't impressed with Joe Biden. I was speaking to him and then about how I was never going to get to hug my son again or hear his laugh. And he went on to start telling me about his child that he had lost, his son that he had lost. And um, I let him know that this wasn't about him. Um, this was about my son. And then he said something along the line of, I just wanted to let you know I know how you feel. And I told him, you don't know how I feel, so don't tell me you know how I feel. And the reason I had said that wasn't trying to say, oh, you didn't feel anything when your child died. Mm -hmm. I was trying, when I said, you don't know how I feel, it's, I had a lot of rage and it was mm -hmm. toward him because I feel like he is responsible for why my son is dead. You wanted to talk about Bo Biden because, well, Bo was an honorable guy, by the way. He did serve in Iraq, but Joe had to take it another level to another level, a false level. He said that Bo Biden, his son, died in Iraq because that's a better story, I guess. Bo Biden, an honorable man, died in Bethesda, Maryland, in a hospital years, many years after he served in Iraq. But Joe can't help it, wants to score political points and make a sad story sound sadder so he can score more points. Think of Iraq because that's where my son died. I say this as a father of a man who won the Broad Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. My son who spent a year in Iraq and died was a patriot. That's actually a form of stolen valor. Um, you see, this is why Mrs. Kiesling 
doesn't get any sympathy because Joe, it's all about himself and he thinks his story, a son dying in Iraq, is somehow more powerful than her two children dying of a fentanyl overdose in Michigan. His is a better story. He made it better. He has a duty, though. It's in the Constitution to secure the borders. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. He's not doing that. It appears as though he's not doing that in, on purpose. Uh, Hunter apparently is a lost cause. Maybe he would stop these uh, pills so Hunter won't get his hands on them. You know, Joe has a lot of grandkids. He speaks very fondly of them. He has more than he acknowledges, by the way. Joe, maybe if you're not going to do it for Mrs. Kiesling, if you're not going to do it for America, do it for your grandkids, huh? Think about it. Mrs. Kiesling will be joining us shortly. A very silly country, absurd sometimes, like today. Lots of stuff going on in the world. And again, everybody chose in the media to play the Alex Murtoff trial. I don't know this guy. I don't care about this guy. I'm sorry. I have my own problems. I can't worry about some people I never met in South Carolina. Uh, I could see maybe taking the verdict live. Convicted, by the way. Guilty. <laughs> wow. Um, but who is he? I mean, I don't know. It's not like... And by the way, the trial was weird. I mean, did you see that part about the, what was it, about the cage and the dog and Bubba and Paw Paw and something about a chicken? And that chicken wasn't dead, um, but a lot of times they would be stunned and they would be just real lethargic. So you had to take the chicken and you had to put it up somewhere where, you know, the chicken could be by itself for a minute. And, and it would eventually, usually, you know, come back to normal and going about its, you know, whatever a chicken does. Yes, of course, the chicken could gather itself and regain its composure. What is he talking about? This was, America had no business watching this trial. I mean, this is not, if the glove don't fit, you got to acquit. Now, that was a trial. I mean, that was interesting to watch. Why? Well, uh, we all knew O.J., right? We knew O.J. from football. We knew O.J. from, uh, from TV, the Hertz commercials. How many times have you wanted to pack it all in and take off? Well, with Hertz economy fares, the time to go is now. Our subcompacts are only $14.95 a day, weekends, and just $98 a week, all with free mileage. Hey, he was a great spokesman right up until the time he killed all those people, in my opinion. Uh, the O.J. Simpson trial was something else. Of course, he was accused of killing his ex-wife, Nicole, and Ron Goldman found not guilty. Uh, so what does O.J. think of the Alex Murtoff case? Uh, believe it or not, according to O.J., he was getting asked that question all day long. Here's O.J. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, a whole lot of people are asking me what I think about this uh, Alex Murdoch trial. I don't know why they think I'm an expert on it, but. Wow, O.J., you're going to, oh, boy, he's joking about it. If he can joke about it, uh, that was something else. Anyway, while this ridiculous trial is going on, I mean, it's ridiculous. There's got, I mean, you got to have a, a trial, and that's good, but national wall-to-wall -wall coverage. Iran is 12 days, we're told, by government officials within 12 days. Actually, I think it's at 11 now of producing a nuclear bomb. They're that close. I guess they're what? They're just painting the stripes on the bomb. 
This is cataclysmic. This could mean the end of Israel. You know how many bombs it would take to eliminate Israel? It's only 290 miles long. Israel could be in real trouble. Israel. And you know what? They could really use a friend right now. They could use Trump. Obama had no real regard for Israel. Everybody could see that. And this nuclear deal, the Iran nuclear deal, it was so horrible. Trump rightly got us out of it. I think Iran is a threat. I think it's a very big threat. And I think I did a great thing when I terminated the ridiculous Iran nuclear deal. It was a horrible one-sided deal uh, that was $150 billion plus $1.8 billion in cash uh, and lots of other bad things. Yeah, self-inspection and all this stuff. Just trust us. Just trust the Iranians. Well, the Biden administration or the Biden-Obama administration, they just could not wait to get back in that deal. The only thing worse than the Iran that exists now is Iran with nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. And if we can return to the deal and hold them tight, I think it was a gigantic mistake for the last president to get out of the deal. No, a gigantic mistake to undo everything Trump did just because Trump did it. How exhausted is he, by the way? And how many days again? Not 12, 11, according to the Pentagon. That close, that close. And that, they like to use the word existential. That's an existential threat to Israel. However, Israel is very good at taking care of itself. All right? I, uh, those guys are amazing. And uh, Iran may be in for a few surprises. All right, but back to the silliness in America. Uh, there's this. The Justice Department says in a brand new court filing, such immunity should not shield Donald Trump from multiple civil suits that have been brought by police officers and members of Congress. Okay, they can sue Trump for January 6th, all right? If a cop was injured, DOJ attorneys say Trump does not have absolute immunity from civil suits filed by officers, police officers, and two have actually fired them. So for that, that speech that he gave on January 6th, where he told everybody to be peaceful and patriotic, he's gonna be sued if, uh, if a cop wants to, if a cop alleges they were injured, like this guy. Uh, they did not give him all the talking points he needed. I'm 39 years old. I've never been called a to my face in 39 years. Might have been called a but I've never been called one to my face. That streak ended on January 6th. The president of the United States, this is the most powerful human being on the planet. If the most powerful human being on the planet can, is not held accountable, can do whatever they want to do, what does that say about our democracy as a whole? Do you think the U.S. Capitol is secure right now? I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question. Is that interesting? He had talking points for everything, provided by his handlers, provided by who knows, Adam Schiff, whatever. But they didn't give him a talking point for that one. So some of these cops are going to try to sue. Uh, why not? They're getting awarded, rewarded left and right. By the way, I don't believe that thing about the N-word. We'll see what the tapes show. 14,000 hours. You know, they don't want anybody to see those tapes. I think this is going to bust that story wide open. Uh, the cops. I love cops, but they found the worst political cops who would play this game like her. I had been called names before, but never had my patriotism or duty been called into question. I, who got up every day 
no matter how early the hour or how late I got in the night before, to put on my uniform and to protect America's symbol of democracy. I, who spent countless hours in the baking sun and freezing snow to make sure that America's elected officials were able to do their job. I, whose literal blood, sweat, and tears were shed that day, defending the building that I spent countless holidays and weekends working in. Holidays and weekends, freezing cold, hot. You had a job in Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't know. These Capitol Hill cops, so many of them seem to think that fighting a riot was somehow beneath them. Like, that's what you kind of got to do when you're a police officer. Oh, by the way, she still gets awards and trophies and fancy luncheons. She got another one from her alma mater, the University of Georgia. Oh, from which? Guess what her degree is in, Caroline Edwards? public relations, okay? They picked these cops uh, for a reason. Next, how about this guy? The indifference to my colleagues has been disgraceful. What happened afterwards is much less vivid. I had been beaten unconscious and remained so for more than four minutes. I know that Jimmy helped to evacuate me from the building and drove me to MedStar Washington Hospital Center, despite suffering significant injuries himself. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack, and I was later diagnosed with a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not buying it, because nine days later, this is that guy. <laughs> this is Fanon doing media interviews, okay? Uh, traumatic brain injury, all that other stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I think they were doing this to please their political handlers and... You know, they just paid him $500,000, $500,000 he got just a couple of weeks ago. And then there was this guy, Hodges. Uh, listen to this drama queen. The mob of terrorists were coordinating their efforts now, shouting heave, ho, as they synchronized, pushing their weight forward, crushing me further against the metal doorframe. The man in front of me grabbed my baton that I still held in my hands, and in my current state, I was unable to retain my weapon. He bashed me in the head and face with it, rupturing my lip and adding additional injury to my skull. At this point, I knew I couldn't sustain much more damage and remain upright. Wow, his skull was injured. Man, uh, here he is nine days after January 6th. Skull looks fine to me. I don't see any marks. Do you? Something is very, very weird about all of this. I call it January fixed, not January 6th. By the way, a big chunk of this is in my book. I support law enforcement, but not these cops who allowed themselves to be so politicized. Justice for all, how the left is wrong about law enforcement, available wherever books are sold. I'll be right back. podcast listener and this is a podcast ad reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from lips and ads choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads go to lips now that's l-i-b-s-y-n ads.com Greta Van Susteren is back. She's on Newsmax, giving you the really big stories without the spin. Watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren. She's smart, tough, and always fair. Don't miss Greta's new show. 
Hey guys, it's Carson. Are you looking to protect your money from Biden's America? Yeah, me too. Well, right now you can get up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last just by taking action in today's uncertain times. That's exactly why I partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Gold Co. is a six-time, 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews and have helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. Don't pass this up. Not while companies are laying off workers by tens of thousands and Chinese spy balloons are drifting over our country consequence-free. Protect yourself from Biden's America and see if you're eligible for up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. Here's the number, 855-735-3740. That's 855-735-3740 for Gold Co. That's Rebecca Kiesling uh, testifying in Congress yesterday. She's a Michigan mother. She lost her two sons to fentanyl poisoning. They were essentially murdered. Uh, Caleb was 20 on the right and Kyler 18 on the left. Uh, it's such a tragedy and as you know, drugs are overtaking this country and they're coming from the border. But Joe Biden's reaction to her testimony, it was disgusting. I would have said before yesterday it was totally unthinkable. It's incredibly, it's crazy, just crazy what happened. We'll have those comments and Rebecca's, but first let's meet Rebecca Kiesling. Uh, thank you so much. And your testimony yesterday was so powerful and necessary. How are you? I'm exhausted. I'm just emotionally spent. It took a lot out of me. And it, it was actually two days ago. Um, and it's been... Um, it's been a lot, and I, I've been hearing from so many parents who've lost their children. They're all grieving. Um, they all want to know what they can do. They want this to stop. And then they're furious at what President Biden said. And then I'm getting a lot of hate mail, too, like just horrible things. Before we get to Joe Biden and his horrible comments, you're not a policymaker, but if you could set policy from your perspective, and nobody's been affected by this really more than you, what needs to be done that's not being done? This needs to be treated like a war. I mean, they need to declare that this is a war going on and, um, and that these uh, cartels are terrorists. We need to do something about it. Um, you know, I would think some military action and um, I think that, you know, we need to secure the border one way or the other. We need to secure the, the border. Yeah, I noticed. All the way in between from points of entry, like all the way around needs to be secured. I did not see your comments as partisan. I listened. I think they're American. I think it's common sense to secure the border. Was there something I missed? I, I didn't see you take any shots at uh, at one party over the next. I mean, I think this is an American problem. You were apolitical as far as I could tell. I thought that I was going in to testify, you know, for everyone, for the Republicans and the Democrats. But once I got there, it was clear that the Democrats had their own witness and they didn't bring in 
you know, any kind of victims, you know, any victims of, of the trafficking from the cartels or um, anybody who's lost children. Instead, they had a guy from the Cato Institute who was just clueless and so offensive, um, you know, saying, well, it's a demand problem. Like, like my kids asked for it. And nobody's demanding or very few people are demanding fentanyl. There's yeah. not a demand for fentanyl. People don't know what's in there. Like, he, how clueless can you get? And then it just became really evident that um, the Democrats, like, weren't going to do anything about the border. And they were saying that there's a lot of fear-mongering going on and xenophobia and racism. Um, and it just opened my eyes, like, wow, wow. This yeah. is why nothing gets done. So here's a... We've compacted some of your comments into uh, a kind of a, a highlight reel, if you will. And uh, here's your testimony from two days ago. My children were taken away from me. A hundred thousand Americans every year. Congress needs a purple chair. The White House needs a purple chair to never forget about all those who are being slaughtered. This is a war. Act like it. Do something. This is a war. Act like it. Do something. Who could argue with that? Joe Biden decided to. He decided to quibble. You mentioned out loud that your children died in July of 2020. We all know who was president then, but you weren't saying that you weren't being political. And Joe was. No, and, and they said our government has failed. I didn't our say government. Democrats failed. I didn't see this president failed. I said our government has. And that's true. So here's Joe Biden at an event last night. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> I, uh, w where were you when you first saw that? Uh, I had honestly, I had just finished doing a media interview and I um, came back home and um, saw it last night at like around 10 o'clock or so and just my jaw dropped and then um i, I started shaking i mean this is like are, are you kidding me is this is this real like how, how could this be real like and then um and then i just thought about my sons how disrespected they were um and to just laugh and and then on top of it um you know, right before bed, I got a nasty email from somebody, you know, calling me all kinds of name and saying that I'm such a sick, twisted mother that um, I accused Biden of, you know, killing my children. Like, what? No, no, I, I didn't do that. And it was there, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene misspoke. Yeah. when she didn't hear my testimony because they're in and out of different committees. Uh, you know, and Congressman Green, Congresswoman Green, though, it's it's forget, put that aside for a moment. He stopped talking about her and then quibbled about who was president in July of 2020 yeah. and then got a chuckle out of it. Yeah. It's it's reprehensible. Uh, I don't think this is over, by the way. You are owed an apology. Would you take his phone call? Yeah, but, you know, I, I demanded an apology. I did a video on social media, and it's been shared in the in the press. And so he was asked this afternoon, well, no, I'm sorry, his um, press secretary right. was asked whether he's going to issue me an apology. And their 
position is that, you know, I guess I'm not owed one and that um, those comments were pertaining to me. Like, how could he say that? How, how could you say they weren't pertaining to me? Like, and, and I tell you, they're not just to me, they're to the, you know, millions who are, who have lost children and loved ones to fentanyl. Ms. Kiesling, this is not going to be forgotten. <laughs> this is not going away. And maybe it'll fade from the headlines, but this moment, this is a seismic moment, I do believe, in the, in the history of the Biden presidency, what we saw. It's, uh, so an, a major contribution, in a way, uh, is, is in the offing. I, I thank you for joining us. I know this is tough for you. Rebecca Kiesling from Michigan, all the best. And we're so sorry about Caleb and Kyler. All the best to you. Okay, you're looking at a picture of Ollie London, 33 years old now. That's from a couple of years ago. Uh, great guy, and uh, however, decided to transition to a woman. Uh, that transition actually started in earnest only about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And she, well, decided to transition back. Uh, Ollie is now Ollie again, a man. And his story is fascinating. We'll all be able to read about it in a new book that comes out in August. It's called Detransition, a memoir, publisher Simon & Schuster. Uh, Ali London, I believe, has become a critic of how trendy all of this has come and the pressure on children. Ali London, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Great to see you, Greg. I'm great, thank you. How are you today? Terrific. So, wow. What, first off, we want to talk about the, uh, the Hershey ad, which has kind of gone viral and people are talking about it. But this did not happen very long ago. One year ago, a little over, you transitioned. Is everything kind of secure now? Are, you know, are you firm in your identity at this point? We haven't read the book yet. It's not out. Right. Well, I finally got over my identity struggles, which I had um, for a number of years. I had gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia. Now I have finally beaten that. And, you know, I really had an awakening last year. I'd become trans. I was unhappy. I realized it was not the solution, that you can't change your biology. So I had an awakening. And then I started to see what was going on in society with children being indoctrinated, with women having their rights taken away, with men going into women's restrooms, and with children being medically transitioned. And I saw how wrong it was. So that's why I've written a book about it, uh, opening the lid on what's going on with gender-affirming care, different state laws, and how we can combat this as a society to protect children and to protect women. Well, it sounds fantastic. Um, but to be sure, you're firm and, and at this point. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, you know what I mean? And I love what you just said. Um, and gender dysphoria is a real thing. You've conquered it. You are who you are. And this is your viewpoint. Exactly. It was a battle I had for many years, but no, I finally conquered it. I can 100% say I'm back to being me. I'm back to being a man. And, you know, it was the biggest regret of my life transitioning. And, you know, I fell victim to so many pressures, social media, people telling me my whole life I was more feminine, you know, even doctors telling me to become more feminine. So I kind of fell victim to that. But, you know, I'm glad to be out of that. I'm 100% sure of who I am now. LGBTQ, that is a... It's a high status group. It is something that I could see people wanting to be a part of. Wow, it's uh, it's cool. You get rights. You're a protected class. And the T arguably is the is the most prestigious of the mix, according to the left. 
What you said is interesting, though. You think there might be people who are seeking that status. It's to fix other problems, maybe. Other problems that have nothing to do with gender dysphoria, perhaps, and they think this will solve everything. Right, absolutely. So many people get confused with their identity. And what's happening these days, is it's almost become trendy to become LGBT or to become trans because you can get attention, you can get validation. Um, and, you know, people praise you. When I became trans, I was praised. As soon as I detransitioned, people started sending me hate, death threats. And, you know, that's really wrong. And we have to look at it as well. My book covers this. There is research out there that suggests that 75% of people that have gender dysphoria as a teenager grow out of it. Not only that, 65% of um, people or teens that feel gender dysphoria they actually have other pre-existing conditions such as depression, such as autism, such as um, bipolar, even um, kind of suicidal tendencies. So we have to look at the other things and think, why are people being pushed to join the LGBT community? Why has it suddenly become a trend? We're seeing a spike in cases. There's over 100 pediatric clinics across the US now. There were zero just 15 years ago. So it's all about making money. It's all about joining this LGBT cult. You know, and I, I don't even identify with LGBT anymore. I've seen what it's become, and it's just shocking. It really has become, you know, cult behavior where people are conditioned and indoctrinated to transition, and anyone that dares to question that is suddenly vilified and called transphobic. And financial. It's a financial imperative. You've cracked the code. It's uh, so many companies can make a lot of money here, and the emphasis on children is so in my opinion, criminal. All right, listen, uh, Hershey candy bar. <laughs> what could be what could be LGBTQ or straight or anything? It seems pretty asexual to me. Uh, has nothing to do with gender identity, but Hershey, the company, the classic company, went all in, at least the Canadian branch. Take a look at this. My name is Faye Johnstone. I'm the executive director of Wisdom to Action. We can create a world where everyone is able to live in public space as their honest and authentic selves. See the woman changing how we see the future at Hershey's Canada. Hershey, the candy bar, that cult thing you were talking about, the trendiness of it all. In your opinion, and you're close to this issue, obviously, it's increasing, right? It's getting cooler. The pressure is increased. This is not, I hope there was a fad. This doesn't seem to be going away. No, exactly. And Hershey's has one job to sell chocolate. They've failed miserably by that, by choosing to go woke. I mean, look at companies that go woke. You've got DirecTV. Their sales are down after, you know, uh, trying to silence Newsmax. You've got Disney. Their profits are down for being woke. Now Hershey's has decided to go woke. And, you know, by doing so, they're alienating half their customers. Women, what woman is going to want to buy a product, a campaign that is promoting a man pretending to be a woman, for International Women's Day. It's a total insult to women. So whoever decided this at Hershey's, I think, you know, they need Donald Trump to come up to them and say you're fired because they did a really bad job with this. Okay. Hey, Ali, real quick, um, you know, what are you about apart from gender issues? You know, that's the thing. You know, the T and LGBT, all they seem to want to talk about is gender issues. There's more to life, as you know. <laughs> so when you're not involved in all this stuff, What's your deal? What do you do? What, what are you all about? 
you know, that's very true what you just said. The trans community, they're absolutely obsessed and they want to push their views on other people. And that's simply wrong. No, in, in my spare time, I'm always trying to educate people on, on issues in the world. Um, I also just want to make people happy. You know, when the pandemic was going on, I was making TikToks, just fun videos and stuff, educating people about different subjects. And I think, you know, the world needs more positivity. But sadly, trans activists have hijacked the LGBT community and they want to make it all about them. You know, they disregard women. They want to indoctrinate children. And it's wrong. So, you know, I'm just trying to dedicate my time. I've written my book. I make yeah. music as well. Just want to make the world a better place and try to expose what's going on with gender ideology. The book is available August 1st. You can probably pre-order it. Go, go to Amazon. And he's on TikTok with over a million followers. Ali London, thank you. Thanks, Greg. Great to speak to you. you bet. See you later. President Trump has been putting out these videos, often on Rumble and other social media platforms that are substantive, and often they start with a real scathing critique of Joe Biden. Mainstream media, they don't like to uh, air these or call attention to them. I do. Take a look. Joe Biden recently signed a very sinister executive order mandating that almost every federal department and agency establish a Marxist equity, this is something new, enforcement squad to implement a woke takeover of the entire federal government. Every institution in America is under attack from this Marxist concept of equity. Instead of treating everyone equally, making decisions based on merit or qualifications, equity means that benefits are awarded and policies are enforced based on skin color and sexual identity. And that's wrong. It's so direct. It's so clear. And I like it. And the order he's talking about, it is sinister. Here's how we'll fix it. When FEMA, the EPA, and the FAA, and IRS are corrupted and tasked with enforcing equity, freedom and equality under the law are absolutely dead. I will revoke this executive order on my first day back in office. I will look forward to it. The Oval Office is a wonderful place, but also a wonderful place to stop things that are very bad for our country from happening. I will instruct the Department of Justice to make clear that any such discrimination is completely and totally illegal and to investigate the unlawful domination and discrimination and civil right abuses carried out by the Biden administration. Now, that is a president. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. Do you remember the other night uh, in Calgary, Canada, Derek Reimer, a pastor up there, was thrown out of one of those drag queen story hours for kids? He was there to protest. He wanted to shut it down. I think any adult, any fair-minded adult should want to shut these things down. What are they hanging around kids for? doesn't make any sense at all. Well, guess what? The hero in this case, Derek Reimer, the pastor, <laughs> he's being persecuted. Now, first, he was on our Newsmax show talking about what happened. Uh, at that point, we found out he was under investigation. And now the police up there in Calgary, Canada, have arrested him. He's in custody because he objected to one of these crazy drag queen story hours for kids. That's not right. We'll find out more. This just happened a little while ago. Derek Reimer, 
we're with you, okay? All right, folks. In January, you may remember, DirecTV dropped Newsmax from um, its cable channel lineup, and that's censorship. We know they don't like uh, our political point of view. That's why this was done. They did it to another conservative news channel about a year ago. And we need you still, if you don't mind, to stand up to DirecTV, make your voice heard. You can call that number on top to let them know what you think. Even if you're not a DirecTV customer or not AT&T, give them a call. You can also call Congress. This is working out very well. This is productive. We're, we're getting somewhere, we think, with this. And you can sign our petition for free speech. Iwantnewsmax.com. Just go to Iwantnewsmax.com. And thank you for all your support. 13 million TV sets can't get us, who could get us just a couple of weeks ago. We thank you, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.